everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Sport Management Association Alumni Interview Series. I'm Cassidy. And I'm Rachel. Today we're speaking with John Bugner, Associate Director of Championships and Alliances, and Michael Jett, Coordinator of Championships and In-Venue Entertainment, both at NCAA. Michael, let's start with you. Give a brief description of your career journey. How did you end up where you are today? All right, sweet. Um, so I am from Youngstown, Ohio. Uh, went to undergrad at Miami University, the real Miami um, in Ohio. Uh, and then actually started working in game ops while I was there. Interned in, the other, in their athletic department. Uh, not until I was a senior, actually. Uh, that's in the whole other story as to why I didn't get started till then, but for another time. Um, so interned in game ops, did a lot. Uh, we actually did a lot with uh, did a lot with track. They let me kind of run or co-run the two big track meets they had there, um, all Ohio and all Mac, which was super cool. Gave me some good experience, um, but still wasn't sure that's what I wanted to do. So before I came to Ohio State for grad school, I interned at the University of Toledo for a summer um, in development. Um, so got to run a couple of their summer events with donors, uh, which gave me some experience in that area as well. Once I got to Ohio State, um, still wasn't sure what I wanted to do. So hopefully you, that's a that's a hammer I'm pounding down. It's, it's okay if you don't know yet. Um, I went, I started interning in the athletic department in marketing and fan experience um, and really enjoyed it. Um, and that's basically what I've been doing now since then. Uh, but my two years at Ohio State interned in there doing that for both years. My second year, I got some sports that they gave me, some of the smaller ones, uh, like field hockey and swim and dive um, and track and field and whatnot, helped a lot. Um, and all the other sports, football games, men's ones, basketball, men's hockey. Uh, also interned with the Ohio High School Athletic Association my second year at Ohio State um, in sponsorship and marketing. Got to run uh, some of the high school championship uh, games um, that were in uh, the Sean Steen Center um, or St. John's um, also did some cross-country state championships, um, but mainly basketball. Once I graduated, I left and went to the University of Georgia and was down there for two years as a promotions assistant doing, again, marketing fan experience. Um, got to oversee my favorite sport of all time. I have to say this every time I talk to uh, younger people, but equestrian, got to oversee equestrian when I was at Georgia. Um, it's not an NCAA sport, um, but uh, four SEC teams ha um, have it um, and sponsor it. So there is an SEC championship for equestrian. Uh, it's Texas A&M, Auburn, um, Georgia, and South Carolina. And they're usually four of the best teams in the country. Um, so I was there two years, got a ton of experience. They had me working every sporting event you can imagine. Um, when I was there, it was me and three full-time people in the department. Now they have four full-time people and they bring in three full-time interns. So it was a lot different back then. They really put me to work, which was great. After I left there, I went to University of Missouri um, as the assistant director of marketing. Um, was there for just over three years. Um, oversaw the marketing for volleyball, um, gymnastics, and baseball, and then did women's basketball my last year there, which is one of my favorite seasons I've ever done. They were phenomenal. They were really good. We had a hometown uh, girl on the team. Um, so the crowds were unbelievable. And they only, we only lost one game at home and beat number one ranked South Carolina. Um, it's a great season there after it. So I was there till August of 17. Um, and then I ended up getting this position at the NCA. So now I'm here and I kind of do probably talk about some more later, but focus on game presentation and venue entertainment um, for a handful of championships and then kind of touch on a lot of the other ones. Um, if they have a video board and whatnot, uh, 
but basically uh, the gist is anything inside the inside the venue entertainment wise for the fans um kind of in charge of the championships i oversee that uh with our fcs football um usually d1 men's soccer um up in the air for the future and then women's college world series and the women's final four is my my big one um so video anything on any video board led boards uh team introductions uh halftime entertainment media media timeouts uh, trophy presentations, all that stuff, confetti. So it's all the fun stuff. So I get to do all the cool fun stuff, unlike Bugner does. That you hope <laughs> um, but anything that's super awesome and fun that ops and events people hate, that's me. So that's quick. Hopefully that was quick enough, but that's my kind of background. Perfect. John, how about you? Yeah, my, uh, my career started basically in college athletics a little bit due to an injury. I was a cross country runner at John Carroll, a division three school in Cleveland. And uh, I got hurt after kind of my first season, I didn't make it through and I ended up, I tried to get back and it just didn't work out. Um, so I ended up being an assistant coach the rest of the time that I was there at John Carroll for three and a half years. Um, and, you know, working with my head coach, he's kind of kept working with me. He's like, you know, you could do this for a living, right? Like you could work in sports. I'm like, I'm a history and Spanish major. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, so I was like, okay, that sounds cool. And so he's like, you should go get your grad, you know, go to grad school and, and get that done. And so I started to look into it and I was like, yeah, I, I think that's good. And our last year um, at John Carroll, I, uh, I got to work with, we hosted um, the cross country championships for our conference. And that was my first championship that I got to work. And I was like, this is awesome. Like, I really like, like, I really love doing this. And, um, you know, I applied for grad school and I got into Ohio State and, and decided to go there. And um, then I got involved with our, our event management staff at the, at the athletic department there at Ohio State and really like hit the ground running to get involved with as many championships and as, as much as I possibly could with their event staff, working um, any and every sport they would let me work and eventually got to work at football, which was awesome. Um, just tried to make the most of my experience there. So after grad school, I got an internship with Baldwin Wallace, also in Cleveland, a Division Three school, but it was through also with the NCAA to help run the Division Three Outdoor Track and Field Championship. Um, and I was an intern for that. So that was another great championship experience for me and really got to do a lot. And Division Three has small staffs. Um, they don't have a lot of extra people to help with things. So it's not like the big staff that Ohio State has to help run a championship. And a track championship is a lot. It's a lot of work. You know, there's almost a thousand athletes there. It's a lot of people. So um, it was an amazing experience again. And I was like, this championship thing is pretty cool. I really like this. Um, and uh, I was lucky enough to, through that, um, was exposed to meet some people, um, not only through Ohio State, but through that experience. And I was offered a job at Washington University in St. Louis, which is a very elite Division Three school. Um, they are usually in the top of the Director's Cup rankings in Division Three. Their teams are so good. Um, they had legendary long-term, you know, long-standing coaches and an athletic director. Like a lot of the coaches were there for 20, 30 years and it was just a great experience. So I was there for a year and a half and worked as assistant facility manager there, um, working with their events. Um, and also they, their rec center was a part of athletics as well. So overseeing our rec center student staff and stuff like that as well. Awesome experience. Um, Ohio State had a job opened up in their athletic department and the event management staff and they called and after a year and a half at WashU I left 
um, to return to Ohio State and be an assistant director of event management there. My primary job um, was to oversee our facility scheduling and special events um, at all of our athletic facilities um, as the primary person to do that job. I also worked a couple different game ops for a couple different sports, literally tried to work as many championships as I possibly could, work football games, um, and just tried to make the most of the job that I could possibly make and, and had that role for three and a half years and, and loved every part of it. Um, it was amazing experience, all the cool stuff that we got to do and all the championships we got to host. And as you can kind of see, championships just seem to be a common theme for me at every step of the way that I got to do a championship everywhere. And I, that was my favorite part um, by far. And so then an NCAA job opened up and through all those championship experiences I had, I got to meet some people at the NCAA and get to know some of their staff a little bit. So when a job opened up there, I reached out and said I was interested and applied for it and ended up getting it. And here I am today, um, almost five years now, which is a little bit surprising. It's the longest I've ever been in any one place. So it's exciting. Um, but yeah, I, I am now an associate director of championships here. And right now I work with Division One uh, tennis and the men's gymnastics championship and Division One field hockey. I've worked with a couple other before. I've had Division Three soccer, um, Division Three women's lacrosse, water polo, um, and a couple others. So rifle, rifle's awesome. Big fan of that one too. So um, got to work with a lot of different championships so far, and I've really enjoyed the experience uh, with that. And uh, it's just completed to know that the, my passion of working with championships is just, it's my favorite part and that it hasn't changed by being here yet, so. Awesome, thank you both. So I couldn't help but think of Rachel and I, um, when we're talking about in-venue entertainment, when we went to senior night for Ohio State basketball this year and got on ESPN acting like complete crazy people, <laughs> and her boss made a gif of it and sent it to her. Within like five the game. minutes, I was sent a gif. And he was like, you wasted no time. <laughs> it's awesome. Love it. Awesome. So kind of going off of that with your, where you guys have gone in your career, um, two questions kind of. So where did you, why did you choose Ohio State? And what has been your favorite stop along your career journeys? Go ahead. You want me to go? <laughs> um, so for me, uh, the Ohio State decision um, is a couple, couple, couple big, big reasons why. First off, I wasn't even sure if I wanted to go to grad school. Um, uh, at least you know, late junior year or whatnot, mid, and then I was debating it. Um, talked to some people, decided it was probably a good decision, and then when it when it got there, um, to go back to my lack of experience, because again, I like I said, I only had started interning my senior year in Miami. So a big thing for me was to try and get a lot of experience from people I talked to and needed to get experience quickly. So Ohio State was super um, enticing because of all the opportunities around Columbus um, with the, the obvious athletic department, but then, you know, they have uh, the Clippers, the AAA team, they got the Blue Jackets, uh, the Columbus crew, um, the high school athletic association. Uh, so there's a lot, there's a lot of options, a lot going on, a lot of places that you could get experienced intern or even just to, to volunteer or whatnot. Um, so that was a big, big reason uh, why I State stood out. Um, um, other than that, I mean, the, the program itself is a good one. So that was obviously a, a big deal. Uh, and then the area, um, staying in Ohio, my sister went to undergrad at Ohio State and she's a couple years younger than me. So that, I mean, hearing from her how great Ohio State was, was also, you know, a big selling point. Um, 
so all that put together uh, made it pretty easy decision once I got in. Uh, but that so the, the, the amount of opportunities around Columbus um, for anybody interested in sports since getting experience such a big deal was it was probably the biggest factor for me. Um, the second part, my favorite stop so far. Oh, that's hard. I would say. I mean, I have positives from every single place. Um, so to have to pick one is very difficult. But I would say probably um, the NCA right now because uh, work-life balance is the best that it's been since uh, grad school. So it was a big. I was starting to get burned out in Mizzou. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, once you get once you get the baseball season, you think you're in the home stretch uh, of sports for the year, and then all of a sudden you have 20 like 21 home games in the month of March. Um, 21 home baseball games, you have to be there for all of them. And it's just like, oh my gosh. Uh, and I love, I mean, I still love baseball, obviously, but it's just it's just a lot um, when you're on campus. John knows that too. Um, and so does everybody that works on campus um, in athletics. So that that combined with the fact that I'm getting to work, you know, championship events, championship tournaments. Um, you know, I mean, I'm, I've been, I was at the best, I think I said this too last time I talked to the class and I say this every time too, I was at the best Final Four of all time, men or women the 2018 Women's Final Four in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, the, the, all three games were unbelievable. Um, so just the, the, the experiences and the events I've been able to be at and be, be a part of to work while I've been here, plus um, the work-life balance, plus the people that work here. Um, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a great place. So I would have to say the NCAA right now. Good answer, Jeff, good answer. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, for me, why did I choose Ohio State? I went to, like I said, a small Division three Jesuit school in Cleveland in John Carroll, and that literally couldn't be more opposite from Ohio State, the biggest school, one of the biggest schools in the country. You know, as I walked up to interview um, for the grad program, it was at Ohio Stadium at the time, and I had, I had never been there. And it took me like 10 minutes to, to park and walk from my parking spot to the stadium. And I was like, it takes 10 minutes to walk across my campus at John Carroll, like this is crazy. Um, it was just a completely different experience when I was on campus there at Ohio State, just visiting. And I was like, wow, this is, this is pretty awesome um, and, and pretty cool. And, you know, Mike, Michael pointed out a lot of awesome things that Columbus has to offer and that Ohio State has to offer. And, and you can see all those things and, and learn all those things. And you're like, how, how can you not take advantage of that stuff? How can you not want to be a part of, you know, one of the potentially to be a part of one of the greatest athletic departments in the country and in Ohio State athletics and, and have the chance to work with an organization like that or to learn from more, an organization like that. And, um, you know, Ohio State has a great reputation overall and, and just to, to be a part of that was pretty powerful and, and really helped make it a good decision for me. So it was awesome. Um, and then, gosh, favorite memory. I'd echo uh, Jeff's comments that it's, I've had, I've been blessed to have really good stops along the way. Um, really awesome experiences along the way. So I, I'm not going to slight any of my stops. So Ohio State, the NCAA, WashU, Baldwin Wallace even. Um, but I, I feel like I have to answer with WashU on this one for me because it was my first actual full-time job. And um, I gained two of my really closest friends in my life um, from the 18 months that I was there and still am so close to those people right now. It was the first time I was on my own and, and got to have a full-time job and it was an awesome experience. 
not only to learn from, like I said, there were legends of, of coaching that were there um, that had been there for 20 or 30 years already. Our athletic director had been there for 30 some years and, and it, again, is a legend in the industry. And just to have the chance to learn from those people and to be a part of some really awesome events. I helped host two national championships for volleyball there. Um, for Division Three Volleyball, which is an amazing experience as well. So, um, and the other part of that that I, is I haven't had at any other place that I've been um, is that the student athlete experience connection that you have as a full-time staff member at a Division Three school. Like some of those athletes worked for me in the in the recreation center athletic department, and you just get to know them a lot better. You get to you know, learn their history, learn about them, and you get connected to them, and then you watch them on the field, and it's just a, even, you're rooting for them even more when you have that personal connection to them, and um, when you get to a big place like Ohio State, which I loved, like I said, it was amazing, like, you just don't have that close of connection with the student athletes as much, unless they're the ones that work for you, like, we had interns um, and you get close to those ones um, that are interns with you. But I got to know a lot more student athletes there and get close to them. And I still keep in contact with some of them. And I I started there 10 years ago and I still keep in contact with some of those people. So it, to me, that just shows how special that place was for me. Awesome. So um, what was your favorite memory while in the sport management program? <laughs> <laughs> okay. You want me to keep going first, I guess? You can go first every time, buddy. Every time? See, I don't mind. I don't, oh, I don't like that. And one of these times I'm going to throw it to you first. Um, <laughs> by the way, I'm going to go Sharon, you didn't say it in TA for the last one. Um, but uh, favorite memory, I mean, I'll that, – that's tough. It's very difficult. Um, overall, I mean, I'll just say it's, it's, the, it's the people, to be honest with you. I mean, when it, from the professors, and I still talk to Dr. Turner all the time, to the, stu the students that were in the – the program with me, I, I keep in touch with a lot of them, talk to them all the time. Um, people I met at the athletic department, at the, at the uh, high school athletic association, um, and the, just the people I met in general in Columbus. Like, uh, I would just say that's probably my my best memory. I know it's not a great, probably a great answer, but um, that's the first thing I think of when I think of my time at Ohio State is all the people I met um, and everybody I still talk to um, and how great everybody is. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to echo his answer definitely for sure as definitely the people like like he said I still keep in touch with a lot of my classmates I'm on a texting chain with two of them and we chat all the time I go visit a couple of them um, when I'm traveling around the country if I can stop and see any of them you know awesome to have it's awesome to see what they're all doing we're all doing such different things as well which is really cool um, but you know we had a great group um, learning from Dr. Turner, Chella, and Chad that were our professors at the time, they were all great. Um, we all learned a lot from them. We all got along with them. They were awesome. It's not like you ever got a professor and like, oh God, I don't want to have that one. Um, like they were just awesome, awesome to learn from and, and great people. So that was awesome. And then I think, I assume you guys still do this, but the annual auction at Huntington Park, um, you know, at the Clippers game was always a good experience to just work with your classmates to put that event together and and then have people you know that we knew from Columbus and stuff come out to that and just see the success of it um, was a pretty awesome experience as well so, so yeah we were we were working on that but yeah. COVID decided right. to rob us of that this year yeah. but that's okay we had a lot of fun planning it um, still just growing together as a cohort and yeah huge sh shout out to Dr. Turner
He's great. Um, so what differentiates working in the NCAA from other sport organizations? Jenny, you want me to take this one? Yeah, I'll, I'll let you go first on this one. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, he, he kind of alluded to it already, so I'm going to steal a little bit from him again. But um, really, the, like he mentioned, the work-life balance is – is pretty major. It's pretty major for us. You know, for the most part, during the majority of the year, we we have what we would call a normal, a normal nine to five job or whatever our, our normal hours are. We go into an office building, we work in our office, and we leave and we go home at night. And that's it. You know, we have our times and we know when we're busy. We know when we have our championships. We know when our busy times are throughout the year. We know when we have to travel. And during those times, I will not kid you, it is busy. And that's great and we're fine with that. But we know when those are, it's not like, oh, I have to stay late for a softball game that's gonna go later. I have to go in on the weekend to, to you know, work a soccer game. Like we don't have to do that. Um, what we do have to do is we have to be, I have to be on site at the NCAA tennis championship for two weeks. Um, and I know when those two weeks are and I know it's a crazy time. You know, that whole month even before that is just, it's a wild with our selection and all that kind of stuff. And it's busy and it's stressful, but. I know when that is and I can prepare my life around it. Um, so to have kind of the ebbs and flows of being able to be prepared when you're busy and when you're not, and not that we're not busy throughout the year, but you just have a normal work-life balance. We can do, you know, stuff with our families or go home, you know, for holidays or birthdays and stuff like that if we need to. Whereas I will say when I was on campus, I missed a lot of holidays. I missed a lot of birthdays. I had to work a lot of events. We had events all the time. You're working late and you just miss, you just miss that stuff. And you just, that's just how it is. Um, it's not good or bad, but it's just a lifestyle. And so um, I would say that's probably one of the bigger, bigger differences of working at the national office versus other, other areas of sports. Yeah, to, I'll, I'll, I'll say first, because I know Bugner and I will, John and I will talk about it a little bit. It's, it's totally fine to work on campus and you'll have a blast in it. And there's a lot of positives. Just, I mean, I almost want to list a couple now. I mean, I do miss dealing directly with student athletes all the time, which John talked about already a little bit. Um, like the, the interns that we get to deal with on campus, like it's different here at NCA. Um, and then, you know, coaches, you don't get to deal with coaches either. Oh, I mean, I don't, John does more so than I do. But I mean, there's a lot of, it's, there's a lot of positives on campus, um, but you are going to work your tail off, so you better be ready to do that. Um, so to, to mention some other things, I think, you know, working at NCA is almost unlike any other sports industry in, in, the, in the world. Um, John mentioned the difference kind of between campus um, and here, um, but to compare it to even like other organizations, like if you're working obviously on at a professional team or whatnot, that kind of compares more so to the campus feel. Um, but then if, even if you're working at like the NBA main office or the NHL main office or league office or conference office, conference office is the one that's probably most comparable than anything. But like you're like at the NCA, like we're having, we have departments for like academic and media and like membership affairs for like governance, um, uh, eligibility and all the stuff that professional leagues don't have to deal with. Um, if they do, it's way, it's just totally different. So, I mean, there's a lot of stuff here that we have, to, we have to do and deal with. And I mean, John and I are just in championships, so we don't get, we don't know all, I don't know all, all that they do. I have an idea, but it's, it is totally different than I think any other, you know, sports entity that there is in, in the country um, and if not the world. So I do think uh, we get this, we get to be involved and see a lot of things that a lot of people don't that aren't even, I mean, even when I was on campus, I didn't, I've been much better idea um, 
of what a lot of people do here at the NCA office and I did even just from working on campus. So, I mean, I think a lot of people don't even know fully what, I mean, I won't get into it too much, but, um, you know, when something happens in college sports, everybody starts yelling at the NCA or, or if like a rule that gets made, um, I mean, it's, it's the membership themselves and the presidents and the ADs themselves that are making the rules and we're just, uh, we're just here enforcing them. So, I mean, it's, that's for another time. Again, I, I won't get into that much right now, but it's a lot of my friends don't understand that, that, that don't work in sports. Um, so it's, and, but that love sports. So, I mean, so it's, it's, it's a whole, it's a whole different place on, and, and, and building and, and an entity than I think any, any other. Yeah. And I'll just piggyback to one other thing that I think is, a really awesome part about being at the NCA and in the national office is we get to meet people from across the country. We get to travel. I mean, before the pandemic, we got to travel, you know, amount to all of our championships to, you know, various meetings that we need to go to at certain points. Um, I've gotten to meet people from across the country at various institutions from division three to division one, you know, or the divisions that I work with the most. Um, and you get to build relationships with those people and build your network, um, you know, and, but as on campus, you just get to see the teams that come to you and you don't get to go out very often or see other facilities or how other people do things. And that's been a really awesome part of our job at, Ohio, at the NCA is just is learning from what other people do. Like there's other people that are doing some great things and other institutions that are doing great things out there. And I will be a little bit, um, you know, that Ohio State still I think does it really, really well and is really, really good at it. But um, it was great to see that there's other people doing great things out there and um, to get to learn and, and meet those people and build your network that way has been really awesome. Um, so I really enjoyed that part too. Um, Going off that, Rachel, can I throw one in there? Yeah. Uh -oh. So when you guys are, I just have to ask, when you guys are talking about like planning championships, what does the timeline look like? How far out are you planning? And does that mean like you're planning your time off that far ahead as well? Um, somewhat, yes, because I, I'd say a lot of what we do is very cyclical in, in terms of our seasons and calendars and stuff like that. Like, like I kind of mentioned earlier, I know and I have my downtime in, you know, late December between our fall and winter championships and, and during the summer. So I can plan vacations and I know those are good times for me to go. Um, we are planning, I would say for the most part, the majority of us are planning our championships at least a couple months to a year out and working with our hosts and stuff like that. Um, obviously, there's points where we're working on the same championships during, you know, that are happening in the same season and we work on the same, the same ones at the same time. So fall, winter, and spring are still touching all of those at the same time. Um, after the fall goes away, there's still some stuff we have to do, you know, when we're in the winter to put that championship to bed for the year. But then you start, okay, I got to start thinking about next year. Um, for that fall championship, again, while you're still doing winter, while you still have spring to go. Um, so it is a little bit cyclical, but you can kind of learn your rhythm, especially after you get through the first year. One thing we always tell our new staff members is you got to get through your first year. You got to learn the cycle. You got to learn the rhythm. You got to learn what you're doing. And then once you get through that, it makes it a lot easier to figure out, you know, and, and figure out what works best for you. But um, definitely, I'd say for the most part, we plan with our hosts that we're working on next about a year out or to a couple months. And we do know our sites um, that we're going to, at least for the finals. Um, right now, we know them through the 2022 championships. And then we are about to announce in October sites from 22, 23 to 25, 26. So we'll know 
in October all the way out to the 26th uh, year where we're going to go. So in some cases, like some of the bigger Final Fours and stuff like that, they work a little bit on a little further timeline than the rest of us. Um, but for the most part, like I said, about a year. Yeah, just the only few things I was going to add, I was going to actually talk about, but <clears throat> excuse me, the basketballs from our team presentation and venue standpoint, we're definitely working on <clears throat> the women's and men's basketball championships and Final Fours. Um, almost year round, uh, like all the time, um, a little bit pieces here and there. And then when it comes to like the other ones I'm on, like John said, it's anywhere from a couple months to, you know, uh, a year. I mean, depending on what exactly we're looking at doing and what we're trying to do. Um, and then when you get, uh, like for me, so the FCS football championship isn't until the first Saturday or second Saturday in January. In January. Um, so December still very busy for me, even around the holidays, because we're, communicating with those two teams that make it there um and then everybody that's working on the championship there's still a lot of communication going on um so I don't really get you know a little mini break between the the winter and, and or the fall and winter championships until after that's over and then I mean then we're already two months out from March less than two months out from March when the basketball the basketball fund begins but I mean obviously we're doing so way before that uh and then just to mention on site which John didn't really like when you're on site for a championship it's um it's crazy like it's uh, it's 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 way it's busier than I've ever been at um, on campus. Um, it's a whole different different ball game once you're on site and and things are rolling um, and getting ready for the actual games. Um, so on site's a whole whole different. When it comes to like being busy and and having workload and and not sleeping, um, that's worse than even being on campus is when it comes to to those things. There's a lot there's a lot going on. So, but it's fun. And then when you get through it, you can have a drink and sleep. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so with the impact of COVID-19 on sports, how has the adjustment been in your field and what is the new normal for the NCAA looking into the future? Yeah, we are, um, we've been work from home since we shut down our championships in the middle of March. Um, so really since that point, we've all been working from home, although um, starting this past Monday, we had phase one of return to the office. So about as limited to a hundred people. Um, and it was voluntary basically that you could go back if you wanted to, but if not, if you didn't want to, you don't have to, you know, we have about, we have over 500 full-time staff members that work at the NCAA national office. Um, so to limit it to basically 20%, and I don't think 20%, I think it's less than that that have actually been going in this week, but that's not I'm in, I'm in the office he's in there right now so, <laughs> um so that's phase one right now um but otherwise work from home lots of we were using microsoft teams instead of zoom um, but it's the same concept so lots of lots of microsoft team meetings all the time um not only with our internal staff but also with our you know our sport committees that we work with you know that i work with um, our hosts and stuff like that potentially as well to just keep keep in touch with them keep the membership apprised of what we're doing, um, but also to keep each other apprised of what we're doing, not only from a business standpoint, but to have human interaction as well sometimes is nice. So um, those are good things, you know, from what we're doing or what we have been doing, some of it's contingency planning and planning because some of it's just so unknown on, you know, how the virus is going to impact the fall and the winter and the, and the upcoming spring seasons. And so it's just contingency planning related to 
um, how are we gonna get our championships back or how are we gonna have championships in a socially distant or limited capacity world um, and stuff like that. How are we gonna do it safely? And so just talking through those types of things, which our memberships all talking through those same types of things. How are they gonna you know, have their regular seasons and stuff like that? So a lot of contingency planning. The other, other things that we're working on too is just how can we, you know, we always say, well, we don't have time to do this. We don't have time to do this because we're so busy. Well, when we shut our championships down and we had a couple months where we weren't doing what we normally would be doing of getting ready to go to a championship, um, we had time to do those projects that are, hey, let's look, how, how can we improve you know, our operations? How can we be more efficient in looking at some of those types of things? So we've taken on some of those types of projects as well, just to try to get better. Yeah, to talk a little bit about um, in-venue entertainment, uh, because that's going to be a lot different, obviously, probably. Um, so I'm anxious to see what happens during football season. But so we're, I mean, like John said, we're doing a lot of hypothetical planning um, and what, and kind of dis discussing what we would do if, if there's a very limited amount of fans in the building, um, and then what we would do if there basically aren't any fans in the building, um, which we kind of did. You know, there was a 24-hour period, probably a little less than that, where we thought we were going to run the, the men's women's basketball tournaments with basically just parents in the stands. Um, so we were, we, that evening that happened, we were planning, me and then two other people that work mainly in, in venue, uh, Terry Snyder, Megan Hall, we were kind of dis discussing what we were going to do uh, with with that, not, with those people still in the, in the stands. And we were still going to do some things. I mean, it's going to be a lot different, obviously, moving into the minutia of it. But um, so we kind of had an idea already, but now it's kind of just getting into more detail on what we would do if there are a very limited amount of fans in the building, which we would still do a decent amount of stuff to entertain them, but it just, it would be on a whole lower scale, um, but there'd still be some stuff that we would do. Uh, the one thing we wouldn't do is we were going to, one of the fan cams we were going to do this year, we we're going to try and br bring back the high five. We were going to do a lot of high five cam. So that's coming back now, anytime soon, probably. So, um, but yeah, so it's a lot of hypothetical stuff. I mean, like John said, then when it comes to the NCAA itself, uh, I mean, I'm excited to get back in the office. I live pretty close and I live alone. Uh, so there's not a lot of us here, like John said, but there are a few people. Um, so it's nice to see some people in person and, and not just over like this, over video, um, the, the interaction. So that's that's good. But yeah, so many video calls, uh, it's crazy. I think a lot of people are video called out, to be honest. So, but that's where we're at right now. Awesome. So maybe aside from that, or you could do it in tandem with the pandemic um, in general, what do you think is going to be the biggest change coming in college sports? Um, I'll say, um, I think the name image likeness debate um, is probably a pretty big game changer. And, and I still think obviously they're still working on that. They're still working on what that's gonna look like and how that's gonna play out. But that's a pretty big game changer to how you know, NCAA or collegiate sports have operated over the last, since it started. Um, so however that plays out, I think it's going to have reaching effects that a lot of us just don't even know yet. Yeah, that's definitely the first one that came to mind for me too, especially uh, with the news of, of Florida passing a bill. I know a couple of states already have, but Florida passing it and going to effect next summer, which is quite sooner than any other states right now. Um, so if we're going to try and do something, um, you know, that encompasses the whole the whole country uh, or have the government help us, like it's gonna have to happen soon. Um, so that's gonna be very, very interesting. 
Uh, so definitely that's but the main thing I keep an eye on, just to mention a couple others. Um, this kind of relates to COVID, obviously, but the amount of money uh, college athletics are used to spending recently is going to change, definitely. Like, it's going to be a, absurd how much different this is, especially if if fans, if we're only letting fans in on a very limited basis this whole next school year. Um, so they're going to lose even more money um, or at least not bring in as much as they're used to. Uh, so whether it's, you know, coaches' salaries are finally made, finally plateau or go down for the first time in forever, like they might stop. These camps might stop building all these um, obscene facilities. Uh, like there's going to be a lot of, lot of, lot of difference in, in that area for sure. Um, those would be the, the big ones that I would say are coming. And not, it's not even mentioning esports or um, how much states are allowing gambling now. Those are, those are the ones that are on the back burner probably for now than these two. Um, so what has been a highlight of your career so far with the NCAA? Favorite championship, whatever. Michael's got that one. <laughs> All right. Um, at the NCAA, uh, so my first, my first championship, I'll, I'll always remember that one. That was the 2017 Men's College Cup in Philadelphia. Um, so that's, I'll always remember that one. That was at, it was at Talent Energy Stadium. So that's where the Philadelphia Union play. Uh, to, to go on a quick side story. So that was an MLS stadium. And so we had an MLS, uh, you know, like production staff that I was working with. Um, so we did vi we did vi a video shoot with like some of the athletes for like first time ever at the Men's College Cup. And they were editing videos for me on Sykes, they had the staff to do it and all this awesome stuff. Um, and then the next year in 2018, um, and maybe the, <laughs> we went to UC Santa Barbara and they hosted, um, which was, I mean, they're a big soccer town on California. They, they fill that place up, but it's, uh, they have a very, very tiny video board. Um, they uh, basically don't have a production staff. Um, they, so it's just their marketing people running videos off of DVDs. Uh, so it was a whole different ball game. And my boss told me when I was did the, the Philly championship for men's soccer that I was getting spoiled. Um, and I just laughed at her. And then the next year, I'm, I'm the one making the headshots the night before the, the <laughs> matches. So it was a whole, it was, so that those two years back to back will always be great. But 2018 women's final four, like I already mentioned, absurd how great the games were. Another quick story. Um, so my boss was the one who cued the confetti for the Villanova North Carolina championship. Um, in the men's final four a few years, a couple years prior. So I don't know if you, got, if anybody knows, people listening afterwards might, but um, they sh shot it right after uh, the Villanova guy. I can't think of his name now. And it's going to bug me. Chris Jenkins hit the, the game winning three, um, basically at the buzzer, immediately cued the confetti. Uh, and they determined that the time had run out, or that basically the ball was in the air and the time had run out. So, ba but ba so basically if they had put time on the clock, they would have been, Mm, like massive, it would have been major problem, major problems, and my boss would have gotten in big trouble. She already kind of did. Um, so she was telling me this story uh, before I went to the 124, and so now all of a sudden I'm at the 124 championship game, 2018, Notre Dame, uh, Mississippi State, uh, and Enrique hits a three, basically at the buzzer. Um, <laughs> but I didn't shoot. The one thing she's like, watch the officials, because if they're not running off the court, um, then don't cue the confetti. So I'm standing right next to the confetti guy. Before Rika hit it, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I cannot freaking believe this is happening. My first <laughs> women's championship. I'm like crapping myself. Um, so I don't cue it, thankfully. I mean, I'll tell him, I'm like, don't you dare shoot anything until I, until I tell you. Uh, 
and because the officials did not, they were going, telling teams to go back to the benches. They were going to the, the, the score stable. So I've just watched them and they, so they, they put time on the clock. Um, so, and then they had to run another play, which was meaningless. Mississippi State like went, half their team went to the locker room and had to come back out to finish the game. Uh, and then I queued it. So it was a little anticlimactic for their name and some of the fans, but um, people noticed it because there's some comments on, on Twitter about whoever was in charge of the like I'm, I won't say it was me, but yeah, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> but so those, and then the 2019 women's final four was also a great, another close games. Uh, Baylor beat um, Notre Dame in that championship. Sabrina was at the final four, so it was a, a great final four there as well. It's sort of, I would pick those, but I mean, it's hard to pick just the one or even a couple at the NCA. Um, also, just mentioned, I know I mentioned earlier, but the Mizzou women's basketball team that I got the one year I got to work with them um the, the game that we beat South Carolina was our um play for K breast cancer awareness game um so we had a ton our highest crowd of the year uh did a lot for breast cancer survivors um and South Carolina's ranked one one or two in the na in the, the nation at that point uh and we beat them by Sophie Cunningham's the name of the, the female I was talking about earlier that's from Columbia Missouri um all-american and then she went to Missouri so they were really good she's on the Phoenix um, Mercury now in the WNBA, uh, but she had a, a running layup with like one second left. South Carolina didn't score uh, at the buzzer, so that was a phenomenal game. So that that season and that game will always be in my memory as well throughout for my professional career. Nice. Um, I'll keep mine simple on that one. So I, I'll answer with the 2018 Women's Final Four as well for a couple of reasons, a little bit different from him, is that I was at Ohio State when we bid on that championship and I was part of the bid to put that championship together and, and to try to get it in Columbus. And so then I also worked with women's basketball as their game ops person as well. So um, the women's basketball and working with that community had, had been awesome and had gone and helped with a couple of Big Ten uh, championships as well um, for women's basketball. So just to be a part of that and then to be at the NCA and get to go to it from the NCA side and, and help our staff, but also then get to work with the Ohio State staff and the Columbus Sports Commission staff who I knew. I knew the building, I knew the staff. It was just like, it was awesome. It was an awesome experience for me to get to go back and work with what I would say is like my family to work with them and then work with my new family at the NCA and get to help out and to work on an event that I was trying, you know, a part of to begin with to try to help get there, um, to get to Columbus and to get to kind of see it come full circle and to be a part of both sides of the fence on that one was pretty awesome um, and a really good experience for me. So I really enjoyed that. And then just in, in general, a career highlight just at the NCA is just anytime that I'm at a championship and I get to see the student athletes either enter the field for the first time when we play the national anthem and when I get to help hand out the trophy, like those are the best things. Um, and really it's a, it's the physical manifestation of everything that you're working on throughout the entire year is when you get to see their faces when they get to the field and are standing and playing the national anthem and we're about to get started and then you get to hand the trophy to them like those are the best best experiences at a championship and the, the three parts that I just love the most um, when I'm on site so. Yeah that's so cool to hear especially from a different perspective from your guys' end and it's funny enough, like it's such a small world, especially in sports. You guys mentioned both Rachel and I's hometowns, California and Arizona. So weird. <laughs> so for young professionals entering the sport industry, 
which skills do you guys believe are the most important to hone in on? I can take that if you want. Yeah, you go first. All right. Um, so I would say really important skills, like the number, number one really is you got to work hard. You have to be willing to work hard and put in the time and, and work harder than everybody else because that's how you're going to get noticed at the end of the day. Um, and if you're going to be picky about what you do or a little bit lazy, like the people are going to notice that. I, I worked with the interns at Ohio State and I worked with them here at the NCA. And what we always kind of tell them is, you know, really the cream rises to the top. At the end of the day, we're going to know and we're going to notice who's working hard and that's who we're going to back. That's who we're going to support when they're applying for jobs, applying for other, you know, internships or other jobs or stuff like that, or they need a letter of recommendation. We will support those people that worked hard. I'm not going to put my name out there for somebody that's not at the end of the day or that we don't see working hard. So Having, the, having that hard work ethic is something that's super important. Being willing to do, you know, whatever you're asked to do and to go above and beyond or even be there when you're not supposed to be there. You didn't have to be there and, and you're there anyway because you want to help. Um, those are the things that people notice and, and go a long way. And we have one of our staff members at the NCAA now that was an intern for me at Ohio State and um, he stood out to us. He stood out to me. And when a job opened up at the NCA after I got there, I was like, you're the one I want. I want you to be in that job. You deserve it. It's, you're the right person for that job. And he was, and he got it. And um, that makes a difference. So being willing to go above and beyond and doing what you can, that's really gonna set you apart from other people. Yeah, I'll echo a little bit what John said, um, especially, you know, unfortunately with what's going on now, um, and the kind of how the job market in any industry is going to be staying. It's not going to be pretty, um, which is, which again is very unfortunate. So I think um, persistence, because uh, it's going to be tough finding a gig for a lot of young people right now. Uh, and then, yeah, like John said, the ability to stand out is going to be very important, regardless of how you do that, whether it's on your resume, whether it's in interviews, um, whether it's, you know, at just doing a bunch of volunteer stuff for a bunch of different events or area or, organizations like that's going to be so important now uh more so than usual um because there's just not going to be a lot of options um so those are those are the, the big ones that that i would that i would mention first i mean something i usually talk about is the the, the ability slash like uh feeling of of being able and want and being available to, to move anywhere in the country um it's something I always kind of try and talk about a little bit because if you're if you're really focused on trying to stay in one area of the country and you want to work in sports, that is going to limit your the possibilities and your job opportunities um, a lot. Because uh, it's something that I you know tried for a little bit at least when it was came to job searches for certain reasons, and I'm sure a lot of people have too, and it is make it a lot harder. And you know some of those people end up not working in sports then eventually, which is totally fine. Um, but it is I think that and it. That's obviously still going to be important, um, especially with how limited the jobs are going to be out there. So I think that's definitely going to also, again, elevate itself kind of how important it is. Um, but the first few, I would definitely, I mean, the ability to stand out amongst everybody nowadays uh, with how limited the jobs are going to be is going to be so important. And I mean, John mentioned networking a little bit. Um, like that's that's still very important. Like I, my, I got the job here kind of, I wasn't even looking for leaving. I wasn't even looking I know I mentioned Mizzou that I was getting burned out, but at the time I just got a new supervisor. So I was kind of excited for the next school year. Um, and I went to NACMA and saw 
my current boss, who was one of my bosses at Ohio State my first year, she she left after my first year. Um, and I hadn't seen her in person in a while. We had talked on the phone, and she's like, make sure you see me before you leave town. She mentioned that there was a job opening that she thinks I should apply. I was like, okay, let me think about it. Um, and I applied, like, the last day it was open, and then I ended up getting it. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's not like the be-all, end-all with who you know, but it is important to you. So, I mean, all that stuff matched together. Hopefully that helps. Um, so switching over, what is some advice to our incoming graduate students to our program? Yeah, I would say, you know, Jeff mentioned earlier everything that Columbus has to offer in terms of not only Ohio State Athletics, so Ohio State Rec Sports, the Greater Columbus Sports Commission, the Columbus Clippers, the Columbus Crew, the Blue Jackets, the uh, Ohio High School Athletic Association. There's other universities um, in Columbus as well, like Ohio Dominican, Capital University and Otterbein, um, Division II and Division III schools there as well. Like don't just limit yourself to having to work at a Division I school. I've, I'm so grateful that I got the experience to work at a Division III school. I, I obviously went to a Division III school too, but um, to have the ability to work at a Division III school was awesome for me and I really enjoyed it. And I might wanna do that again in the future. So just, looking at take advantage of everything that Columbus has to offer. One of the things I did, which I was so glad I did, was try to step outside my comfort zone while I was there in Columbus. And I, I did an internship in ticket sales with the Columbus Blue Jackets. I didn't want to work in professional sports, but I didn't know that. I was like, oh, I'll give it a try. And I definitely didn't want to work in ticket sales, but I was like, oh, I'll give it a try. I learned two things. I don't want to work in professional sports and I don't want to work in ticket sales. But I was glad that I did that experience because Number one, it was a really good experience. The Blue Jackets are a great organization and I really enjoyed working with them and, and trying that out, but it also taught me that I don't wanna do that. I really liked working in championships and operations type stuff. So um, it was a valuable lesson for me to be able to have that experience, um, to do that, to learn, hey, I can check that box. I don't need to do that anymore. Um, but to use, a, use the experience of what Columbus has to offer do that, step outside your comfort zone, try something different. You may learn that you might like it and you may learn that that's not for you. And that's, both of those things are valuable. Yeah, to hit on what John said a little bit and then take it elsewhere. I think just to be aggressive uh, is the first thing that came to mind is uh, definitely get as much experience as you can get. Uh, but then also like when it comes to the classes too, like just make sure you're taking it all in. Don't take them lightly, like meet as many people as you can. Um, when it comes to even professors, people in the industry, your your classmates, other people, like anybody, uh, volunteer at places that, like John said, like even if you're not getting paid somewhere, like try and volunteer at events or, or whatnot. Um, just just be aggressive in all aspects because it is going to be going to be difficult uh, finding you know what to do after you know your time at Ohio State's over. It's going to be hard. So just be aggressive and don't take that year or two lightly while while you're there. You can have still have fun, obviously. Like I'll. When we talk about where my favorite food in Columbus, I'll mention some, I mean, it's, you're still gonna have fun in Columbus, but make sure you're you're also taking advantage um, of everything, everything there, because there's a lot. So who are your role models, both personally and professionally? All right, Jack gets to go first this time. Me? Okay. Um, <laughs> So, so personally, uh, I mean, I would say it's, 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 it's my, probably my dad and my, my grandfather. Um, you know, my, my grandfather, uh, he worked in the, in the coal mines in, in Western PA and then, you know, served in World War II um, and, and, and lived to, to talk about it. Uh, so, you know, 
he's not allowed anymore, but, um, but just a great, great man. And my dad busted his butt working in the awesomely fun uh, industry of accounting for um, 40, 50 years or something. I don't know, way too long probably. But uh, so learned, learned a lot from him, obviously, as, as anybody would from their dad. Um, those are the two that I come to mind for me personally. Uh, professionally, it's, it's impossible to name one or even like a few, in my opinion. Like at Ohio State, like my, my three main supervisors there, I still talk to all of them. Um, one's, like I said, my boss right now, uh, but I still talk to all three of them. All of them are women and they're all phenomenal. Um, two of them, one of them, other than my boss is still in the sports industry as well. Another one's not, but still in, just an awesome lady. Uh, Georgia, my supervisor was another woman, Emily Dietz, uh, running the, the marketing experience department down there. Uh, just really smart and Georgia does a lot of stuff that's ahead of the game in my opinion when it comes to college athletics and stuff that they're doing inside the venue for game entertainment um so she she's up there uh you know at Mizzou I worked with Megan Freeze uh a lot my two years there before she left or my three years there she was there first two um Tony Workus is at Mizzou he's in game ops event management uh and is it's just a hard-working guy that you know just just awesome, awesome guy, and he he might be there forever. We'll see. Um, he's still rolling up the, the food chain there. Um, and then here, I mean, I could name a, a crap ton of people. Um, uh, my boss, Kerry Snyder. Uh, you know, there's just so many people here. The people at NCAA is another reason why NCAA is so great. Um, you know, Ryan, Ryan Stressel was given to me as my mentor. Um, I don't know if John knew that, but he was my mentor when I started here, uh, which fits because he's 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 good at his job. He's also all over the place and he's he's super hilarious so hopefully i'm halfway uh there with the humor um but so he's you know he at least brings he brings a lot of he's there's some people that are different than him but he brings a lot of fun to the to the job um but i could list a ton at nca but those are just a few people that have affected me professionally so far good answer um you know for me Personally, similar to him, I think both my parents are definitely um, role models for me. They're two of the hardest working people that I know. Um, they're currently just under 70 years old, still working. I don't. I feel like they're not going to stop because I don't think they can. Um, they just always need to be busy. They always need to be doing something. And they've just been working their butts off their entire life. And it's just a good example of, of that work ethic that I talked about um, that I've just known my whole life to follow so um and they're just really good parents too at the end of the day so if you can be like that you're doing all right um and then professionally um definitely from ohio state uh, mike penner is um, the associate or senior associate there and um he's been a mentor for me since i started there at ohio state i wouldn't be half as successful i learned so much from him um he's been incredible um, incredible friend and mentor to me the entire time um, throughout my entire career. So if you guys get a chance to learn from him, you should because he's awesome. And then uh, my head coach at John Carroll, uh, Mark McClure, I, I wouldn't even be in this industry if it wasn't for him. So um, he was also, you know, we had a, a great relationship while I was there, not only as a student athlete, but then working with him as kind of an assistant coach while I was still a student. Um, I learned so much from him and, you know, one of the best things that I learned from him which I'll never forget is just treating um, 
you take care of the people that take care of you and treating everybody appropriately and, and properly and professionally at the end of the day and taking care of your staff. And that's the most important thing at the end of the day. And as somebody who's now a supervisor of staff, like that's very important to me that, that, that the staff that work with me are taken care of and understand that I care about them. And that's pretty important. And, and Mike was very much the same way. Um, as a, as a leader, both of them are very much, I would love to follow their leadership examples, so. Yeah, going off of that, um, I interned under Mike Penner and John Patco in facilities, and he's, hey. a, he's an amazing, amazing yeah. advisor. Um, so transitioning into other sport, Ohio State related stuff, um, what's your favorite sport memory of all time? I, I had to pick two, and I'm cheating a little bit, but I had to pick two. I couldn't just pick one because they're, they're somewhat related. So I grew up outside of Cleveland, and we didn't win anything ever. Like, we our sports didn't win things. And so, like, for me, the first championship experience where my, my team won was the Ohio State winning the first CFP championship. And um, I got to fly down to Dallas, would literally flew down. I think I was there for less than 24 hours. Flew down, went straight to the game, watched the game, had great seats, amazing experience. Left the game, you know, celebrated a little bit, slept for like maybe two hours and got back on a plane like first thing in the morning and back to Columbus. Um, it was an awesome experience. Never will forget it my entire life. That was amazing. So for a Cleveland person to win it, watch winning a championship was amazing. Um, that was awesome. And then for me as a Cleveland fan, again, when the Cleveland Cavaliers um, beat the Golden State Warriors, sorry um, over there for your California people, but having them win that championship, coming back down, down three to one, um, winning that championship was pretty awesome. And then side note related to that, like I actually went to high school with LeBron. He's a year older than me. We went to the same high school. So to watch him continue to grow and to win a championship for our home team was, was definitely something I will never forget my entire life. So. Just to, just to cut in, not a Golden State fan at all. So Good. go Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, my dad's from Cleveland. So I, I'm sure everyone knows exactly where they were during game seven. One of the best memories of all time, for sure. Um, okay, so for me, uh, for the professional teams I root for, I've, I've been a little bit spoiled. Um, so I'm a Pittsburgh sports fan. Um, so the, just, just so everybody realizes why. Like I said, from Youngstown. So it's, that's right in, first of all, it's right in between Pittsburgh and Cleveland, for those of y'all that don't know, Northeast Ohio um, geography. Uh, so it's actually closer to Pittsburgh than Cleveland. So there is, it's basically a mix in that city anyways. But my dad's from Sharon, Pennsylvania. So his parents were Pittsburgh fans. So that's how I got it. My mom's side of the family is Cleveland fans, but my dad was able to get it on me before my mom, so I'm Pittsburgh. Um, and so anyway, so yeah, so I've seen the Steelers win two Super Bowls. Um, they've also lost two, uh, so they've been in four, which is so me. And then I've seen the Pittsburgh Penguins, I'm a big hockey fan, so I've seen the Penguins win three uh, Stanley Cups. Um, but I'm also a Pittsburgh Pirates fan. So uh, for those of you that don't know, they have been, they have been awful almost my entire life. Uh, they were very good in the early 90s, 90, 91, 92. And then they proceeded to have 20, 20 or 21 straight losing seasons um, where they did not win more than 80 games um, ever. Uh, so that, that was enjoyable. So basically 2013 um, when they made 
the uh, wild card game. Wild, they made the playoffs in the in this in a fun little one game wild card game that's now in existence. Uh, when they actually made it three years in a row, but they lost the two after that. But so the first year they made the wild card game, um, and it was at home at PNC Park in Pittsburgh. I was in Georgia at the time, um, so I wasn't able to go. But watching that game on TV and seeing, you guys should go look it up look up highlights of that game. I almost want to just like be like, don't want you to put this link in the, the bio of the video. Um, Cause it's, it's insane uh, how crazy it was. I'm still mad at, I think it was TBS that they didn't even show the, the introductions of the players live um, because the atmosphere was in, insane. It was absolutely insane. Uh, and then I won't get into the game too much, but there's a phenomenal event that happens. They were playing the Reds when the, Johnny Quaid was pitching and they were chanting his last name and he, he in between pitches and he dropped the ball on the mound when he was like rubbing it, he dropped it. So the fan, the crowd went nuts. He picked the ball. Next pitch was a home run. Um, so it was, it was just absolutely an, an insane environment. I wish I could have been there. Um, and that though, I don't know if they're, they're not going to be good again for another few years because they are back in where they're going to win other under 70 games. So it's going to be rough, uh, but that's baseball for you. Um, that's one I'll never forget for sure. Um, I was going to mention the 2002, 2002, 2001 Steelers Browns game actually that I went to in Pittsburgh because 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 that game was crazy but I won't get into that since we have no one but that game was crazy believe it was Tommy Mattis came off the bench so I still have bad flashbacks to Super Bowl 43 from my Arizona roots my dad was at the Cardinals Steelers Super Bowl in Tampa. Still kind of yep. not bitter, not bitter or anything, but uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. That was, I mean, the ending was the ending was pretty good though. I know, like you probably you hated it, but it was a crazy. Not a touchdown. <laughs> it was a oh, it was a touchdown though. Um, <laughs> it was a touchdown. <laughs> I had fever down. Um, yeah, what a pass, what a catch. Yep. I still I can't but, wait, watch the replay think, still. You can. I'm sorry, but now that you mention that, one of my favorite athletes in the world is Larry Fitzgerald. Um, because he went, so when he was at Pitt, um, mm -hmm. like I was a big fan of his. I actually have, I have his college jersey. He wore number one in college. And then I was like, wherever he goes, I'm getting his NFL jersey. Um, and he went to Arizona. So I have his Arizona Cardinals jersey. So like I was in college during that, that Super Bowl. So one of my friends, like, can I borrow your Fitzgerald jersey? Cause you're obviously not going to wear it tonight. And I was like, yeah, whatever. But yeah, so I'm a huge, like massive Larry Fitzgerald fan. Like I love him. He's the best. He's, yep. he's a really good dude. Um, so transitioning, what is your favorite restaurant or thing to do in Columbus? I couldn't, I couldn't pick just one, um, as I couldn't for my favorite sports memory either. But um, so Easy Living Deli, for sure, Thai's Asian Bistro, Adriatico's Pizza, Dewey's Pizza, and then the Rusty Bucket. All, all like gotta go there places for me when I'm back in Columbus. Yeah, I have sad news that Easy Living Deli is now just catering. Yeah, I've, I've heard. So we, as a tradition was at Ohio State, we would go there literally every Friday for lunch. Every Friday we would go there. So I miss it. I miss it very much. <laughs> yeah, that's a, I would go there too for lunch occasionally. Thai's Asian Bistro is another place I would go to lunch a lot. Um, uh, Bernard's. Um, over in Shore North, I, w I went there a lot with um, grad students um, because, I mean, the food was, was pretty good, but then also, I mean, the, I thought it was a great sports bar that wasn't um, 
covered in undergrad students. So it was it was a great great spot in my opinion. Uh, Thurman's Cafe. If you like burgers, you got to go there and get a burger. Um, and then Harrison's on Third is another place I went a lot uh, with the, our friends, uh, my friends uh, in the class. Uh, we went. Yes, we one time we. I won't say that a lot actually. Um, <laughs> but we we went there a lot. We went there a lot. Uh, it was it was a it's a fun place. I know it's a little different. So I've gone back. Um, it's not the same as I remember it, but it's still it's still a good spot. Sweet. I'll have to write those down for my next time I'm in Columbus. There <laughs> you go. Um, and then, how would you describe Ohio State in three words? Do you want to go or you want me to? I'll, I'll go first because uh, I feel like Ohio State means more to you than, than me. Um, I'm not saying that. Not saying that means anything. I still love Ohio State, obviously, but um, but so for me, the uh, the three words when I was trying to think of this. Uh, Community was the first one that came to mind because I mean I think and I, I mean it's kind of what I've already talked about. A couple of these are gonna hit on stuff I've already mentioned, um, but uh, just I mean you could go anywhere in the world. Uh, and if somebody says OH, uh, I mean, and you went to I say obviously, then you'll say IO. Um, it's just a huge, such a huge community, Ohio State uh, in and of itself across the entire world, not just the country. Um, so if you went, and then also like if people see that on your resume, regardless of what, if you're applying for a sports job and you work in the department or even just uh, any industry and you went to school there or worked there, or interned up there, um, I mean, that's big, it's a big deal. Um, so that's first one that came to mind. It kind of transitions into the next word that I came up with was just kind of leader. Um, so, I mean, I think Ohio State does a lot of, a lot of, a lot of, is kind of ahead of the game in a lot of areas when it comes to universities and schools in this country. Um, and then also just, again, how big of, how big of a name it is uh, and how, when people see that, um, it is, it is a big deal and it's important. Uh, and the, all this, all the things they do ahead of, ahead of the game in regards to other schools, because uh, they do a lot. Gene Smith's a great athletic director, one of the best in the country. Um, and there's a reason why he's been there so long, and there's a reason why Ohio State is a leader, at least, and it, especially in athletics, and it's because of him. Um, and that kind of transitions also in the third one, which, again, I've mentioned this word a lot already, it's but people. Um, uh, Ohio State has so many great people, uh, whether it's professors there, we mentioned all of them already, they're phenomenal, whether it's athletic department. Um, you know, there's people, you go work there in athletics, now you got, you know, Martin. Jarman, who went to Boston College to be the AD, now he's at UCLA. Tyler Jones was there in marketing a lot. Now he's the AD at Cleveland State. I mean, you go to Ohio State and work in athletics, you're, you're going places. Um, uh, but then also just the people that work there, like I said, I keep in touch with so many people that I work. Even I was just, I wasn't even a GA. I was just an intern in athletics. And there's a bunch of people that were full-time staff that I still talk to all the time that, that work there um, just because the people there are just phenomenal. Um, so those are the three words that, came to mind first for me. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna go with the people of the tradition, the excellence, but I thought that was cheating. So I decided not to, I went in a different direction. But the people, I definitely agree with Jets. I'm kind of sad I didn't pick that one, um, but that was pretty good. I did pick another one that he picked though. I, I had leader as well as one of mine um, because I mean, Ohio State is a leader. It's a leader as a university, it's a leader in athletics. Um, it's a leader in the community in Columbus as well. So um, definitely Ohio State stands out as a leader. And, and not only that, but it, its goal is to build leaders um, with our student athletes and our staff and, and all that. So that is a word that you can't 
I feel like it's synonymous with Ohio State. Um, I, I also picked home as one. Now, I Like I said, I grew up in Cleveland. Columbus isn't my home, but um, when I go back to campus and when I visit my friends there, um, Ohio State is home. It's home. It's got my family. It has my work family that's there, that's still there. Um, all those people that um, I loved working with for the, the time that I was there, which was a while, um, with grad school and then coming back for full time. Um, it's home to me. Ohio, I had keys to Ohio Stadium. That's home. That's home to me. I wish I still had my keys to Ohio Stadium. So um, that's pretty awesome. And then the last word I chose was a, it's a hyphenated word, so it's cheating, but um, I picked life altering. And really my experience at Ohio State, not only in grad school, but um, to be there as a full-time staff member eventually was life altering for me. Uh, in terms of the people that I got to meet there and work with, like we mentioned, the experiences that I got to have to build, you know, build my resume, um, to be able to get a job like I have at, at, at the NCAA now, like I wouldn't be able to be where I am without um, the experiences that I had at Ohio State to begin with. So um, it was life altering for me. I was a, like I said, a history and Spanish double major at a small Catholic school in Cleveland and never thought I would be doing what I'm doing right now. Um, and Ohio State helped, helped me get there for sure. Yeah, I think you guys nailed it. Um, Ohio State really does develop greatness in all facets. So with that said, Michael and John, we want to thank you so much for taking the time today to join us and sharing your experiences. And to everyone watching us, thank you for tuning in to the Sport Management YouTube channel. We'll see you next time. Thanks.